Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. Today's interview is special because usually when people write memoirs about their childhood and their families, it's so often a one-sided affair, right? Like the writer will say what they got to say and you rarely hear from the people they're writing about. But NPR editor Malika Garib wrote a graphic memoir titled It Won't Always Be Like This about her relationship with her dad and stepmom. And all three of them spoke with NPR's Leila Fadel about it. And early on, her stepmom Hala says that even though they spoke different languages, they could communicate with each other through a shared language of love. This message comes from NPR sponsor Live Right, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. NPR editor Malika Gharib spent a lot of summer vacations in Egypt as a kid. Her parents had split up. Her dad, Magid Gharib, had moved back to his country of birth, remarried, and had more children. All those trips to Egypt were meant to create a sense of family bond with him and my stepmom and my siblings. And they were really lame as a, uh, you know, 14-year-old who would rather spend the summer going to Tower Records and, like, hanging out with her friends and going to the beach. I lived in Southern California. But they were really, really important in the long run. I remember writing in my diary, like, what would ever happen or become of my relationships with Selma and Ahmed and Dunia, my siblings? And here we are. I mean, still hanging out together, you know, decades later. In her new graphic memoir titled It Won't Always Be Like This, Melika revisits those summers in Cairo and how they shaped who she is today. She didn't speak much Arabic, and her new stepmom, Hala Gamal, spoke very little English. But that didn't stop them from forging a bond. Oh, um... I understood a little bit of Malika's language because it's based on what I learned in school. I was kind of understanding her through her eyes. We didn't talk much, actually, but it was it was easy for us. It was all about love. I loved her, and she loved me. It's just love communication. Malika, how old were you when you first met Hala? Yeah, I was nine years old. It was a total surprise. It's like, hey, you're meeting someone today. It's your new stepmom. And I was like, oh my God, what's up? Surprise! <laughs> yeah, and that was pretty hard for me because, like, I had al- always only lived until that age with just me and dad. Like, when mm. I went to Egypt, it was just me and dad, me and dad against the world. And now we had this new element in the mix. And I was like, oh, this is going to mess up the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> There was a a moment in your book where you communicated with your stepmom with music. Yeah. So dad was managing this resort in Sharm el-Sheikh one summer. It was like a gorgeous resort, but we got bored pretty easily. And so Hal and I would make up these games together. One of the games was, okay, I'm going to sing a song, then I'm going to teach it to you, and then we're going to sing it together. And one of those songs was the 1994 banger, Stay by Lisa Loeb. I totally got the lyrics wrong, but I was successfully able to teach Hala the lyrics as if I was being taught. Like the, my dad used to teach me the Quran like by the sound, and so I yeah. taught her the lyrics kind of the same way. Wow, <laughs> Megan, I want to ask you. Monica is so honest and so raw about 
how hard it was to see you move away. What was it like to read that in her graphic memoir? Uh, well, I really enjoyed uh, what she's writing. The move from Los Angeles to Cairo, I'm sure I have my personal reason to uh, move back. My parents were getting very, very old, so I felt they took care of me. I think this is the time for me to take care of them. I made the decision to uh, go back, and after a long, long search, I find Hala, and she was uh, perfect uh, for me, and she gave me three beautiful kids. Monica, do you mind if you open your book to page 154 and 155? Do you mind reading this? Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to count down the days before I could be with Dad again. Now in my journals, I counted down to when I could return to the States. I wanted a relationship with Dad like the ones I saw on TV. I wanted to confide in him and ask him for advice like DJ did with her dad, Danny Tanner. I want him to know about what was going on at school, who I was dating, about my zine and my dreams to become a writer. My zine is called Sever, and it's all about music. I put some in Tower Records. I wanted us, when we fought, to talk things through, then hug it out like Will and Uncle Phil in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We were so far from that. Hmm. So this is you as a child talking about your relationship with your dad. What's it like today? I mean, you're, you're sitting here having a conversation about a book about your relationship. I know, it's so crazy. I think, I remember my dad specifically, I used to, dad, do you remember when I used to write in my journals all the time and you were saying like, what are you doing? Writing about us, I'm sure. And I was like, <laughs> I, what, I am writing about you. And it turned into a book. So <laughs> yeah. That's true, yes. A lot of things in life, right? You don't know what, what you're going to do is right or wrong. But like one of the things that my dad definitely got right was pushing me to come to Egypt. But there were times you were a teenager and you felt like you didn't fit in, right? And that is most captured in the family portrait that your dad insisted every year on having. He wanted a picture of all of his kids together and his wife. You hated those portraits. Can you talk about that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Those portraits. I hated those portraits. So like, it was very clear that Hal is like very, a very light-skinned Arab and so is my dad. And my three siblings are also very light-skinned Arab. And then I'm here, this like dark hair, dark featured girl who is like significantly older than the rest of the children. It did draw attention to the fact that I was just this person who kind of swooped into their lives every now and then. Who am I to these people? Who am I supposed to be in my dad's life now? You know, as all blended families are, you kind of figure out this way to all work together in unison. Hannah, tell us about your relationship with Manika and how it changed over the years. So at the beginning, it was just our first meeting. So I wanted to make her feel very comfortable talking to me. And then when she became a teen, we became like more, a little bit more friends. I used to give her advice. But then there was a... Um, a stage where she became distant and I felt like she wasn't very comfortable anymore. She felt like a stranger in the family and I didn't like that. I wanted her to be one of us, uh, part of our family. But then she grew up and she got a job. That's when our relationship has kind of like became more distant. More distant back then. But not anymore. Malika shares stories of discontent on quite a few pages of this memoir. But inspired by Hala's strong will, she dedicated her graphic memoir to her. Was it hard to be this honest? And was it, was it hard for your parents to hear that? 
Yeah, it was it was really I mean, I think that one of the things that I told my dad and Hala was that like I will not publish this book or sell this book if you're not comfortable with it. Like for me, my relationship with them is more important than my art. You know, the last time I saw Hala was over a decade ago and I didn't realize until now that 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 time that I had with Hala was all that I would really ever get. And not just with Hala, but with dad and the kids, all of us being together. And it was so, so special. And we didn't even realize it. That's why I named the book, It Won't Always Be Like This, because in life, you're going to experience things and it won't always be that way. Malika Gharib's latest graphic novel is called It Won't Always Be Like This. Thank you so much, Malika. Thank you so much. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.